0: Welcome to the Stay Golden podcast. My name is Patricia. Thank you for taking this time to check in and be a friend to yourself. Hello, everyone. I am joined today by Valerie Woodmeyer, Assistant Director to Safety Nonprofit in SF, jack of all trades and amateur adult. Welcome, Valerie. Hello. Thank you for having me. Today, we are going over self-love, owning yourself, laws and all, getting to that point in adulthood, not caring what other people think, and self... Did I already say self-love? Yes. Always <laughs> self-love. It's okay. Always self-love. So as a warm-up question, I wanted to ask you, what is lighting you up lately? Um. So lately... I know, oh
1: gosh, some of these. I'm very cheesy. And I, I don't know, I function on a very cheesy level. <laughs> but lately, a lot of what's been really inspiring me is um, seeing people thrive despite the circumstances. Like, Um, not necessarily getting rich and famous, but kind of just seeing them reach a point where they're content and happy. Seeing people kind of settle into motherhood or start a dream project that's been really inspiring, as well as kind of seeing people be really resourceful and making the best of those situations. So seeing people do photo shoots, you know, come up with all these beautiful editorials and projects, it makes me want to get started on my own things and inspires me to kind of tap into that creativity as well. So Joe and I have been Watching a lot of um, interior design and decorating shows, <laughs> just kind of painting and doing a lot of stuff that's creative.
0: I love that, and that's not cheesy at all. I don't know why you think that's cheesy. <laughs> well, <so laughs> yeah. To be honest, that's kind of the scene in movies where I cry. It's when someone is thriving <laughs> and succeeding despite exactly. the odds. Yeah. Got it. I'm a sucker for the underdog.
1: Yeah, and I think if there's anything this this whole situation, this whole you know pan, global pandemic has taught me is um kind of finding magic in the mundane you know like so often you know like those little moments you take for granted and you just toss it aside like ugh, whatever but i'm really learning like to enjoy like sitting in bed with joe and we just have these conversations that are kind of dumb you know they're dumb we're just talking about sunday morning cartoons or (laughs) what game he was playing the other day but he gets so excited about gaming and I get so excited about you know makeup or movies and I end up kind of really relishing those little moments we have or when I'm cooking in the morning I've learned like I really love it's become a ritual of mine. Finding that magic and the moments that I would usually consider mundane has been kind of a saving grace this whole time.
0: You're really good at describing things. <laughs> <laughs> now I, I, I want breakfast. <laughs> I was going to say, I think this time has really made me appreciate so many things. I was thinking the other day, man, so many people are are going to come out of this just hopefully not taking things for granted because I miss so many things. I miss so many things and I realized that I've been taking for granted so many things before this all happened. And now that I'm here, the interactions and the moments of enjoyment that I can still have I to your point I absolutely recognize them more and I treasure them more you know the, the simple moments
1: never again will I take for granted being able to hug my loved one or shake someone's hand you know or just speak to them without a barrier in between never again
0: going on a taco run without yeah. thinking.
1: <laughs> or just being able to sit inside a restaurant
0: yeah all right, well, let's get into it. So speaking on our topic today, going into kind of your self-love transformation and really owning yourself and not caring what other people think, can you speak on your own journey? Possibly, what was the turning point for you?
1: It's been a long one, you know, it's, it's, it's been a rough, long road to get to a point where I'm happy with who I am as I am. I think, you know, as a woman of mixed race, being both Black and Filipino, and growing up in like a really narrow-minded, small city in the Philippines. At a very young age, I already started to struggle feeling comfortable in my own skin. I wasn't black enough, I wasn't Asian enough. So I was always kind of like the other floating around. It was a constant stream of being told, straighten your hair, use whitening creams. I was developing too early. Sadly, it took me years to realize how prevalent and insidious you know, the colorism and racism and fatphobia and sexism and microaggressions were throughout my childhood. And what's even worse was that it took me years after that to actually take steps to stop allowing that behavior, you know? So I think moving to the U.S. was one really big turning point as well because I was finally able to surround myself with diversity, you know, people who looked like me and people who didn't look like me at all, people who are completely different, completely different political views. It made me realize just how wrong I was to believe everything I was initially told about beauty and femininity and gender roles and politics, you know, I, I it actually allowed me to kind of wipe the slate clean. That kind of definitely had an effect on how I looked at my body and just the body I was inhabiting. You know, I think um, lately I've been thinking about just how warped my perception of myself was back then. Like in high school, for some reason, somehow I had, I was made to believe that I was unhealthy and overweight. And I was like, just a size large and like a US 10, like no more than 145 pounds, maybe. And then in sophomore year of college, I was like spent the entire year just trying to lose all the weight that I had gained in freshman year. Like I look back at photos now and I actually get pretty upset because I wasn't fat. If anything, I wasn't even overweight. I was I had an athletic build. I was active. I wasn't unhealthy. But, you know, you just kind of begin to believe everything everyone else tells you and you kind of superimpose That belief onto your own body, onto, you know, what you think you believe, getting away from that, I think separating myself from that was a big turning point. Gosh, I feel like I'm rambling, but...
0: (laughs) No, not at all. No, I just didn't want to interrupt you, but I was actually going to say thank you for sharing that because that is... That is something that is very personal. And this conversation in itself, I believe, will help someone out there. I mean, it's already helping me. So thank you so much for sharing that. Oh, yeah. You are not rambling <laughs> at all. Um, I like how you point out that it's hard being young and being told these things. Because when you're young, I think you're very impressionable. Oh, yeah, when we're definitely. young, I think we accept too much, almost. Mm-hmm. And I also like how you explain how... You were made to believe these things about yourself because of the culture, because of the colorism, because of the fat phobia, because of people telling you that you weren't healthy enough, that you weren't doing enough, you know, in that regard. Um, I think that's such an important topic today, especially when kids I'm seeing kids. I'm I'm getting goosebumps right now, but I'm seeing (laughs) kids on social media who are 12, 13, and they seem so pressured to look a certain way. Yeah, yeah and it's i it's honestly giving me goosebumps right now because it's it's disturbing me a little bit um i can't imagine the kind of pressure that these kids feel i mean i resonate with what you're saying of course i can't imagine the exact scenario you and i are are different individuals but when you when you say that people criticize you and say things and you absorb it as a as a young person I, I resonate with that. So imagine the the kids growing up now who not only hear this from the people physically around them, but also from people on the Internet. Yeah. Like, I, I fear for these kids who receive such criticism and hate, you know? Yeah, especially
1: with a lot of, you know, kids on TikTok and all these different social media platforms. And they get really, you know, their videos get popular. They go viral. And then they're not ready at all for the tsunami of comments, whether they're good or mm-hmm. bad. And they're, yeah. you know, they're expected to kind of just deal with it and absorb it, yeah. and that can have a really bad effect on, you know, their self esteem, their self worth. Mm-hmm. You know, they start equating it with likes. You know, it's very worrisome, and I, I do, you know, there's a real concern for kids and being, like, being opened up too much to the internet and to those kind of you know, issues so early on in their lives.
0: I wanted to acknowledge that I'm so happy that when you said that removing yourself from that environment and coming to America kind of opened you up to diversity and seeing other people who look like you and who also don't look like you and kind of finding a new perspective other than the one you were you were taught or you were forced to listen to. Going back to that, I think also... On top of criticism, there's also a level of comparison. For me, at least, growing up, people, you know, in my family or or friends telling me that I'm supposed to look a certain way or act a certain way. There's also a sense of self-comparison and comparison from my own parents. You know, um, I'm I'm not saying they're they're evil people. I'm, I'm just saying there's there there's always that when people say, why can't you look like this or why can't you be like this or be this thin? before we move away from the topic of social media, I think that's magnified the level of comparison as well.
1: Oh, definitely. I have to, you know, on on a daily basis, you know, I have to kind of remind myself, Hey, this is only a highlight reel. You know, you are seeing the best part of their day, the most rehearsed, the most staged photos, This is like just a snippet of what they go through. You have no idea if they're depressed, if they're anxious, if someone they love is in trouble. There's so much behind that. So I just have to constantly remind myself that what what I see on social media isn't actually technically like real life. And, you know, especially the body comparisons, a lot of talk about health. And in my personal opinion, at least, I don't think anyone else's health is my business. You know, I'll look at someone and as long as they're happy, that's their business. If they're unhealthy, that's still their business. And I just have to remind myself that what I do has to be, you know, it has to be good for me. It shouldn't be a show. So if I'm going to work out and post it on social media, it shouldn't be just to post it on social media and get all these likes and like, oh, wow, you're so healthy now. You know, it should be because I want to get strong and I want to push myself and I want to get better at something. You know, so I, I think there's that element, too, of kind of making it, I guess it's almost performative, you know, to a degree.
0: I love that. I love that you say that your health and what you do with your life should not be a show and that yes. it should come from a place inside of you where you want to be this way or you want to be healthy or whatever it is that you're aiming for. And absolutely, I agree. Um, Life has become performative. I I saw a post recently and sorry, this is this is a little bit of a tangent because this is more of about the homelessness situation in in America and how, quote unquote, influencers take videos of themselves giving to these less fortunate individuals. And oh, my goodness, when you when you mention how social media has become, you know, a place for performance and for faking life or faking personality it's scary to think that this is what we are becoming you know I I really love that point you make that what you do and what you post what you say about yourself it's it's about you it's not a performance I think that's very genuine of you so going back to your own journey can you speak a little more about that your your turning points your your moments of love you know where you are now
1: a few years ago and it, it's sad that it it hasn't even been that long, you know. It's it's such a recent turning point. But I think I've been grappling a lot with the idea of femininity and kind of trying to buy into a particular brand of femininity. Because as a black woman, I'm, you know, I have broad shoulders, I have a stockier build, I'm naturally curvy. Even if I lose fifty pounds, I'm still going to be curvy, and. You know i've always felt that with those features i'm not you know i don't fit the criteria of what it means to be delicate and dainty and girly and you know that kind of makes me feel like i'm not feminine enough i'm not woman enough i'm not ladylike enough and that you know that kind of ties into how i feel about myself and how i express myself i would end up wearing things that are looser i would refuse to wear shorts know, things and um You know, recently I just decided to kind of redefine femininity for myself and kind of realize that it's not one or the other. I can be opinionated and aggressive and loud and also dainty and wear my puffy dresses and frolic in a field. And I think also one of the big turning points, I guess, was kind of reaching a point where I'm almost body neutral if that makes sense. You know, I think for a long time I kept chirping about body positivity, body positivity, and I don't think I was actually doing it the right way. I think I just I just needed something to make myself feel better, but I don't think I really understood that body positivity at its core was for those marginalized bodies, you know, bodies that don't get featured. And me being on the, you know, relatively smaller side of plus, I felt like I was taking up space that I shouldn't have been taking up. And I guess, you know, eventually I just reached a point where I'm like body neutral, where what my body looks like is the least interesting thing about me.
0: I love that. I love that.
1: Yeah, because I mean, I guess with body positivity, I was so focused on I love my body point blank period every day, 24 hours. It actually kind of put pressure on myself because now I feel like, oh, God, I have to love myself every day. And if I don't love myself, I'm failing.
0: Yeah. It also sounded like if you do that every single day and you force it every single day, you're making it define you. And that's not all of who you are, you know? Yeah.
1: So I, you know, I had, I eventually, you know, after a while I was like, something's not right because I keep spouting all this body positivity and love myself and stuff, but... I keep forcing it. And then, you know, it's like you take three steps forward and then you take five back because when you when you falter one day, you feel like it's such a huge failure and you have to start all the way from the beginning. So I just reached a point where it's like, you know what? The number on the scale does not take into account how kind I am, how smart I am, how hardworking I am. My body should not should not be a barrier for me to receive any love, to receive respect, to demand love and respect. So once I kind of reached that point where I was like, okay, this is my body. As it is, I'm going to accept it. If I want to improve it, if I want to lose weight, if I want to gain weight, it's no longer just about my body fitting into a certain aesthetic or fitting into society's idea of what a body should be. It's now because I want to get stronger. It's because I want to be able to run for longer or I want to be able to carry my baby for this amount of time or I want to be able to do this hike, you know? So it's more, it became more about the things I want to do with my body rather than just fitting into what I what society thinks a body should be.
0: Fitting into what society wants you to be and also fitting into what society says you, yeah. you should
1: be. I, I guess I used to talk a lot about like accepting your flaws and the, the biggest thing that my husband really has taught me and he's truly amazing. He made me ask myself, why is it a flaw? Like who decided that's a flaw and why do you buy into it? That really That's got me... beautiful. Yeah, because yeah. he was like, Who told you stretch marks are bad? Stretch marks show growth. It's either you went from small to big or big to small. Either way, it's growth, it's change, it's natural. And that changed my whole perspective. I'm like, that's so true. Exactly. Yeah. You're just changing. And I think Joe needs to yeah.
0: <laughs> Joe needs to write a book.
1: <laughs> Gosh, he should. He's been such a rock for me. And he's been, you he know, my lovely. anchor. He's amazing. Yeah. He's, yeah. He, you know, he loves to, he, he really loves Bob Ross. And whenever, you know, I, I look at a part of myself and I feel like it's not, you know, it's a flaw or it's a mistake. And he's like, if there's only happy accidents. We'll just paint a little tree, you know? <laughs> so <his> outlook, <laughs> That's adorable. That's yeah, absolutely adorable. That, that outlook has really, um, you know, changed how I look at myself.
0: I love that. So far our conversation just a recap has been your journey into femininity, you know, defining that for yourself and also your growth as yeah. a person who has grappled with these these issues that circumstance really ha- has kind of thrown on you and you've you've come out with grace. So, I'm so happy to be here with you. This is <laughs> this is a good conversation. Thank you for be being here. here.
1: Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: So, I wanted to ask you you, you speak a lot on doing things for yourself, really only trying to change yourself if you feel that it would benefit you in your perspective of your own health and your, your own life. I wanted to ask you, how do you practice self-love? Well, first and foremost, I think
1: love for me, I've always believed that to love someone, you know, you have to wake up every morning and then you make a choice to love them, all of them. I try to do that for myself every morning, whether I like what I see in the mirror or not. I make that choice and you know I I just kind of tell myself like am I at peak health no but that doesn't make me any less great does the scale say I've gained weight sure but that number doesn't register so many other facets of my personality that's the first thing I do really is kind of look myself in the mirror and say no matter what you look like no matter what mistakes you've made whether you're in the body that you want or you know or you look at yourself and you really don't like anything you see that doesn't make you any less worthy the next thing i do and i've only been doing it quite recently frankly is i try to view myself and the little things i do as art both unfinished and a masterpiece and i'm so cheesy gosh but the great thing about art you know is that it's it's so ambiguous there can be so many interpretations and meanings and expressions But you know, you always feel something at the end of it. And it's
0: defined by the artist. Exactly.
1: So there's art in getting up in the morning, groggy with hair messy and making breakfast and sitting down. There's art in that one chair in the room that always has clothes on it because I can never get around to folding them. Or there's art and growth and beauty and stretch marks. A life well lived in the uneven shades of brown on my body because I've been out in the sun. I always just have to like kind of calibrate my brain to be on that level in the morning just and then it kind of guides the how I treat the rest of the day
0: I love that when explaining self-love you first defined what love means for you which is in your definition yeah. loving the whole person which which is quite a match for my definition as well you know loving someone because of and despite of everything that they are and you apply that on yourself it sounds like yeah everything that you are you you love.
1: It's unconditional, you know, like it, it doesn't matter. So even with me, I one day I'll eat a cheesecake and I'll be like, oh, God, I ate a whole cheesecake. But you just love yourself even mm-hmm. despite that. Yeah, you know? you're like, it's OK.
0: I was going to say how I practice self-love for myself is self-compassion. Your cheesecake exa- example is exactly oh. that, you know, it's. It's it's self-compassion when you make mistakes or if you are not to the standard that you want to be in, in any regard. It's being kind to yourself, speaking to yourself in a nice way, forgiving yourself. Yeah, being kind to yourself, treating yourself like a friend.
1: One of the, I think my sister said, I'm not quite sure who said it to me, but it's like, would you treat your best friend like you treat yourself? You know, I, I was like, no, I would never say these things to my best friend i would never even say these things to a stranger yet i'm so quick to say it to myself i'm so unforgiving Mm -hmm. to myself negative self-talk anyone else makes a mistake and i'm like oh it's okay yeah yeah exactly and words Mm -hmm. have so much much power i feel like people forget how much Mm -hmm. power yeah how much power they have and you know the words that you choose are so important and they really can affect how you view things how you act in your day-to-day life so that, that was one thing that really had to change in order for me to reach a point where I'm like okay you know what I'm going to accept myself as I am where I am in the body that I have with the life that I've built yeah. for myself.
0: Speaking of words it's <laughs> uh, one thing that I wanted to talk about today was not caring what people say to you or about you uh, right? Oh gosh. <laughs> um, I think yes. I, it, it, it took me a long time. It took me years before grasping that for myself. But as you get older, or, or I, I suppose that is the hope, that you start just not caring what other people think or say about you. It's it's a hard thing to learn. It, it is. It's, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's especially hard when people close to you, your own friends and your own, own family, think or say things about you. That's the hardest, for me at least but yeah it's, it's, it's your life what they say does not define you if they say you are a bad person it does not make you a bad person if they say you are a certain way it does not make you that unless you let it
1: absolutely something that I try to do is I don't take criticism from people I wouldn't go to advice for. That's a good one. Like with my mom, I would for sure go to advice from my mom. So if she criticizes me, I know it comes from a place of love. I know all she wants to do is help me grow. Of course, I feel like that doesn't apply all the time because, you know, some parents, they they can say things that are really hurtful and some friends aren't as great friends as you would hope they would be. But in certain scenarios, you may not always know who to go to for advice, but you can usually always Name a few people you wouldn't Mm -hmm, go to for advice. I think that's a great, that's a big step in weeding out toxic people. (laughs) Because it's like, why would you not go to this person to talk about weight? Oh, because they make me, they're condescending and they make me feel Mm -hmm. less than and they, you know, they they make me feel like I'm not working hard enough or doing enough or I'm not worthy enough until I reach a certain weight. Or why would I not talk to this person about my work struggles. Oh, because they Mm -hmm. belittle me and they don't care. And they only ask me how I am in order to talk about how they are. Some of the best advice that my mom's ever given me is to be very particular and very choosy about who you give the privilege of knowing your stories. She's especially told me that when I started using social media, I was kind of just putting everything out there, you know, just posting everything, all my issues, all my problems, all my just photos of food, everything. And she was like, you need to be more particular about who you want to know all your stories, all of these intimate things about you and be selective of the people who you let in because not everyone, you know, not everyone deserves it. And people should earn your trust, earn your respect and earn the right to listen to your stories and be a part of your stories.
0: To add to that, I agree with her. And also I think people should be selective about who they give power to, who they listen to.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely.
0: And to your point, the people who are only out there to criticize you and make you feel less than, you probably shouldn't be listening to them because they may not have your best interests at heart. It's harder (laughs) to do, especially for, for young people, I think, who are surrounded by that. So whoever you are, if you are listening to this and... You feel that someone is always making you feel less than, that they are not serving you for your higher good. Do not listen to them. You know, try with grace to move away from that, move away from that toxicity because at the end of the day, it does not serve you.
1: Yes. And never apologize for separating yourself or distancing yourself from that toxicity.
0: And never apologize for being who you are. So in closing... Do you have any tips for someone getting to know themselves and just now grappling with self-acceptance and self-love? I would say
1: to give yourself time. Um, You know, a big shift in perspective doesn't happen overnight. And even when you do feel that you finally reach that peak confidence, peak self-love, you will always have some bad days. And remember that that doesn't erase all your progress. So be patient with yourself. Be kind to yourself. Try to be the person that the younger you that was struggling Mm -hmm. needed. Be kind to yourself. Comfort yourself. Treat yourself with respect. Give yourself breaks, most definitely. Try to be honest with yourself Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Be honest about why you want something, where you want to go. And, you know, just let that wash over you. Don't... I feel like sometimes we get caught up in creating goals because nowadays we feel like everyone has to have a goal you know what I mean I think in college I always felt really I don't know I felt bad about it because everyone has a passion I want to be a doctor I want to be a lawyer they knew exactly what they wanted to be and I felt like I just had these little passions and there's nothing wrong with that I just had to be honest with myself and say hey there's a lot of things I want to do and they're spread out over all these little hobbies and that's okay
0: I love that thank you for sharing that and I know that it helped me I hope that someone out there listening that this gave you tools and some helpful tidbits that would help you through the day I hope so I (laughs) wanted to ask what is next for you Joe and I are hoping to move to a new apartment,
1: Um, so that'll be like a whole new chapter, and then, you know, we've been toying with the idea of either starting a YouTube channel or a podcast of our own, so that's exciting and possibly, you know, coming down the line, and then um, I've been exploring some new hobbies, Uh, I've been trying to learn to make my own clothes to be more sustainable, Uh, I've been making my own jewelry and painting,
0: That sounds awesome. Also, I don't know if you know this, but I really love jewelry. Also, I love watching thrift flips. If you watch those on on YouTube. Ah, yes.
1: (laughs) Those are so fun. Mm
0: -hmm. Congrats on the future new apartment and let me know about the podcast slash uh, YouTube channel.
1: I definitely will. Thank of you. Of
0: course. Thanks for being here today. This has been such a good conversation. Thank you for sharing your story and for sharing such useful tidbits. I loved it. I loved being here with you. Thank you so much. And stay safe out there.
1: Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: If you liked this episode, share it with someone who can use it. Visit staygoldenpodcast.com to find out how to support the podcast. Remember, you are your own North Star. Thank yourself for taking this time to nurture your light. Stay golden.